is going on, true crime fans? I'm your host, Heath. And I'm your host, Daphne. And you're listening to Going West. I've gotten some really interesting messages lately from people saying that they just are now learning what we look like and are surprised at what we look like. Like people, a lot of people have told me lately they thought I was like an old mom. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I've I've gotten multiple messages like that lately. I don't know if anybody thinks that I sound the way that I look or look the way that I sound. No, I've been getting a lot of messages that people think you look like a like a nerdy guy, whatever that means. (laughs) That I look like a nerdy guy or sound like one? No, like that they picture you to look like that. I see, I see. Well, actually, I am a 75-year-old man uh, with a pot belly. <laughs> the pot belly part is true. Now he's 33. I'm 27. So, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not a mom at now this you point guys, Now you guys life. know. <laughs> so, just in case anybody wanted to know, because I think it's funny, most people that listen probably don't know what we look like. Not that it matters. This show is about the victims, but I'm just saying, you know. I yeah, think totally. It's, it's just been funny. So, anyways, hello. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to yet another episode of Going West. We hope you're having a great start to the week. Um, So just for this case, by the way, Chinese names are usually written with the surname first, but to make it easier to understand, we're just going to switch that around. So thank you so much for tuning in. All right, guys, this is episode 189 of Going West. So let's get into it. Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Her daughter disappeared on June 9th, and investigators believe she is dead, but her body has never been found. A former doctoral candidate is charged in connection with her disappearance, but denies he kidnapped her. We will never give up on her either. I will protect her, and I will stay with her. Now, I miss the first one, but I will never miss the second one. 26-year-old Jingjing Zhang was abducted from the University of Illinois Urbana campus back in 2017. Through a translator, Yingying's father talks about the child he calls the pride of his family and what Brent Christensen told his lawyers he did to her. If what that man said is true, it further confirms that he's a heartless and evil person. After killing Yingying Zhang on June 9, 2017, he placed her bodily remains in three separate garbage bags. Yingying Zhang was born on December 21, 1990, to parents Ronggao Zhang and Lai Fing Yi alongside younger brother Zheng Yang. She was born in Nanping in the Fujian province of China, and Nanping is a city of 2.6 million people situated between the beautiful Wuyi Mountains and the Hutan River. Yingying was an excellent student and like this insatiable learner. She was described by her mother as a good kid and her dad said that she thought about things that he never could have thought about. Her long-term boyfriend called her soulful, eager, curious, and positive. 
Yingying completed her undergraduate studies at Su Yat-sen University in Guangzhou, about an hour and 30 minutes from her hometown of Nanping, and she graduated in 2013. Yingying then obtained her master's in environmental engineering at Peking University in Beijing, graduating in 2016. And upon her graduation from her master's program, she applied and was accepted to the Chinese Academy of Sciences, which is the largest research organization in the world. Outside of her research and schooling, Yingying was a vivacious and dynamic young woman who brought joy to everyone she crossed paths with. Passionate about music, Yingying played guitar and sang in a band back home in China whose name translates to Cute Horse. Her all-time favorite song was The Rose by Bette Midler. She and her boyfriend Shaolin Ho met on their first day of undergrad at Sun Yat-sen University. Yingying spoke of him glowingly, saying that it forever felt like they had just started dating, that he spoiled her, and that she didn't know how she had gotten so lucky. They had been together for eight years and planned to marry in October of 2017, but before they got married, Yingying had something that she needed to check off of her life list. She wanted to live and study abroad, so in the middle of April 2017, at 26 years old, Yingying traveled over 7,000 miles, or 12,000 kilometers, on her own. She arrived in the United States to study at the University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana, which is just about two hours southwest of Chicago. It was her first time living in a foreign country, her first time living alone, and her first time being away from family, friends, and her boyfriend. But while she was nervous, she was also thrilled to be at U of I. If you were to picture this typical, idyllic American college campus, this would be the one. Yingying said that it was love at first sight. She had secured a year-long position at the university's Department of Nature Resources and Environmental Sciences. Her objective was to conduct research on photosynthesis and crop productivity with a special concentration on soybeans and corn. The department was also dedicated to testing how climate change affects the yield of plants. She planned to stay in the U.S. for one year to complete her research and had aspirations of becoming a professor afterward. She was also considering pursuing a doctoral program at the University of Illinois upon completion of her studies. Yeah, so Yingying was clearly very smart. She was very academic-oriented. Goal-oriented. Yeah, goal-oriented. So she was doing amazing things and came to the United States in hopes of pursuing her dreams even further. So... Early on in her tenure at U of I, Yingying and a co-worker who grew to be a good friend named Guafong, I think it's Guafong, uh, traveled to Nebraska for field work. And Yingying said that she found the fields, farms, and open roads absolutely beautiful, describing them to be like a dream. She was a gifted and diligent student, and the work seemed to actually come pretty easy to her. But the culture shock did not. Yeah, that must have been really hard being just so far away from everybody that you love. Well, and at 26, you know, she's this is the first time she's had an experience like that. So even though she is quite young still, you know, she she didn't grow up in the U.S. at all. So this is all very, very new to her. And she described herself feeling lonely. She really missed her family and her boyfriend, but she didn't let that slow her down. And she wrote in her journal that she wanted only to live a simple life and be effective and to study stay foolish stay hungry 
Yingying was an early riser with a regimented schedule and an ironclad work ethic. She began her mornings with English practice, reading, a jog, studying, and breakfast, all before many people were even up for the day. She and, was such a go-getter. Yeah, but that was another thing is is brushing up on her English. And, and so that was a whole other part of moving to the U.S. That would be a huge culture shock that not only does she have to learn the language, but she also has to study in said language. Right. That's, that's a lot. So Yingying was navigating campus without a car, and it was becoming increasingly difficult for her to get to all of her commitments. She was living alone in the Orchard Downs student housing apartments on campus and wanted to move closer to the research buildings. Friday, June 9th, 2017 was a beautiful, sunny, 95-degree Fahrenheit day in Champaign, Illinois. The weekend was coming and Yingying had exciting plans. She was working with colleague Guo Fong that morning in the lab sending damaged equipment to be repaired. Yingying told Guo Feng that she had to leave a bit early to meet the building manager and sign a lease for her new apartment. She went home first and for a reason she didn't disclose to the person whom she was meeting, she was running behind to her 2pm lease signing. It was a 30 minute trip in which she had to transfer buses. About to make the trek across campus to the One North Apartments, she texted her new building manager, Trez. At 1.29 p.m., she said, quote, Hi, Trez. I'll be late for a while. He answered immediately with, Okay, what time can you make it? And at 1.30 p.m., she responded back, Maybe around 2.10 p.m. At 1.35 p.m., Trez said, Okay, see you then. At 2.38 p.m., he followed up with, Hi, Ying Ying. Just checking to see if you're on your way. And this went unanswered. And I mean, this is 18 minutes, or sorry, 28 minutes after she was supposed to be there. So she's almost 30 minutes late. And he's kind of like, hey, just checking in. Where are you? And she doesn't answer, which is, of course, concerning. So Ying Ying once expressed frustration at herself in her own journal for missing a single class. So her classmates knew there was something wrong when she didn't show up or check in as she was notoriously dependable and punctual. So that evening at 5 p.m., Yingying had dinner plans with colleagues Guafong and Yan. So when she didn't show, they called her, but she didn't answer. They then stopped by her apartment at Orchard Downs, but there was no answer there either. Now at this point, they knew something was wrong and they contacted the police. So police checked her apartment and found nothing out of order and no signs of forced entry or a struggle. They also checked hospitals, jails, and airport passenger logs to no avail. What they did have going for them were the 2,000 security cameras dotting the Champaign-Urbana campus. So they began combing the footage immediately. And for reference, Yingying had only been in the U.S. for six weeks at the time of her disappearance. So she was still very new to the U.S. Right. So meanwhile, the Chinese consulate got involved right away, helping Yingying's family travel to the U.S. Within a few days, her father, brother, and her aunt, Li Chin, had flown to Chicago to aid in her search. Her father, who was a factory driver who had never before left China, said that he wouldn't go back to China without knowing where his daughter was. And with them too, you can't even imagine how hard this is. Her father has never left China. 
Yeah, and this is a this is a completely foreign country. And he has to look for his missing daughter who just got there a month and a half earlier. Right? Absolutely horrifying. Horrifying. So throughout the course of the search, he would wait for her outside of her apartment in hopes that she would just show up. He described the situation as, quote, hopeless and frustrating and said, quote, I'm an old man. If I lose Yingying, I lose everything. While Yingying's mother was reportedly too distraught to even travel. I mean, they were living every parent's worst nightmare. Students rallied around her before her family was even able to get to the States, creating missing posters alongside police and a GoFundMe for the family raising over $100,000. So this is really amazing because these students- That's a lot had, of money. Yeah, they had only known her for about six weeks. Yeah. But they were able to raise this much money. I, I feel like just from GoFundMes that I've looked at for more recent cases that you and I have covered, maybe 20,000, maybe 30,000, but I've never seen that much. So that yeah. is very, very just awesome. So concerned faculty and students at the University of Illinois held a march and a vigil for Yingying alongside of her visiting family. And actually her boyfriend wrote and performed a song for her on his guitar calling it to dream like a child. And little did they know, the only person in the world who knew Yingying's whereabouts was also in attendance that day. Oh geez. All right, so in the days after her disappearance, police went through hundreds of hours of footage and were finally able to pinpoint Yingying's last known location. So she had to take two buses to get across town to her new apartment and surveillance footage clocked her boarding and departing the first bus. So she took the Teal Line Champaign-Urbana Mass Transit District or MTD bus and then got off to transfer. Now, footage showed her departing the Teal Line bus and then running to catch her next bus. But as she was on the opposite side of the street, it took off without her. After crossing the street to the bus stop at about 2 p.m., so 10 minutes before she was set to meet her new apartment manager, she waited in a glass vestibule at the corner of West Clark Street and North Goodwin Avenue. Meanwhile, as she is standing there, a black Saturn Astra four-door hatchback can be seen on security camera footage driving by. And then three minutes later, it circles back around and pulls over next to this vestibule where Yingying is. So Yingying and the driver chat for a minute, and then Yingying can be seen getting into the car before it drives off. Likely frustrated at running late, which was very out of character for her, and at the mercy of the bus schedule, she took a ride from a stranger. And that eerie footage is the last time Yingying was ever seen. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. 
That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medications that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, just visit Juvederm.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volix XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment, no maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volix XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Looking to save on delivery? DashPass is your door to $0 delivery fees and more on DoorDash. And right now, using code GOINGWEST24, you can get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. Daphne and I use DoorDash constantly to order lunch or dinner or even groceries. And that's why we love using our DashPass, because it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered right to your door. I mean, come on. DashPass pays for itself in two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. And that's why we use it so often. And it also gives you special access to exclusive promotions and member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash. Use code GOINGWEST24 to get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Before that quick break, we explained that Yingying was last seen on surveillance footage 
speaking to someone in a black vehicle before getting inside the car. Well, the first lucky break in the case came when police tried to identify said vehicle that picked up Yingying. And it turned out to be a fairly rare make and model, a black four-door Saturn Astra hatchback. And there were also only 18 registered in the county, so there's not a lot of these specific cars within this region. Right. And upon closer inspection, the front passenger hubcap was cracked. So that's even more specific yeah, there Yeah, more for distinct, us. right. Yeah. So with some legwork, they located the car registered to a 27-year-old former student named Brent Christensen, who lived nearby. Police obtained a search warrant and were able to search Brent's home and car. But while there were no direct links to Yingying yet, they did find some chilling leads. Brent was a frequent visitor of the fetish website FetLife and specifically the forum Abduction 101, which is like... How does this exist? How the fuck does this even exist? I mean, I guess the internet just has some very dark places. Um, And this uh, was detailed with elaborate kidnapping, rape, and murder fantasies. I I just feel like... You know, anybody who goes on that site, I don't want to just say, flag them. Just yeah, flag them. I just, I don't want to say psychos, but you know, this somebody who would go onto such a forum. I mean, not only is that a huge red flag for Brent, but also, like you said, anybody else anybody. who visits that shit. Like, are you kidding? Exactly. Murder fantasies. Yeah, it's it's just not. Good. Also, I mean, rape and kidnapping. This is all just awful. Yeah. So on June 15th, 2017, six days after Yingying went missing, Brent Christensen was questioned about his involvement in her disappearance. So Brent was a PhD program dropout and current teacher's assistant. And get this, he was freaking married to a woman named Michelle Zortman, whom he'd been with for almost a decade, but they were in an open relationship. And Brent also had a girlfriend named Tara, whom he'd met on the dating site OkCupid. So Brent claimed that on the Friday of Yingying's disappearance, you know, this is during his questioning with police. Right. He said that he was either playing video games or napping and that he didn't leave the house all day. Except for we got you caught on camera. Well, right. So when he was pressed further... He claimed that on Saturday he got bored and was going a little stir-crazy, so he went for a drive, but that it was uneventful. He then, you know, just suddenly claimed that, oh, I got my days mixed up. And then he said that maybe he had gone out on Friday. It's not convenient he, he, he very, had gone out after Very all. convenient. Yeah, exactly. So then he remembered that he had picked up a young woman. Like, this is suddenly coming to mind. We're talking <laughs> about the disappearance of a young woman, and you are suddenly remembering... Oh, yeah. I did pick up a woman that day. Yeah. After you just said that you were napping or playing video games. Idiot. Yeah. So he said that he didn't remember where he picked her up, but that she spoke in broken English... And he never caught her name. Brent also said that he couldn't recall the exact time and that it had been in the early afternoon and that he spotted her because she seemed sort of distressed and he wanted to help her out. So that's the weird thing is all these things are suddenly coming to his memory. uh, You know, so that's never a good sign. Yeah. Trying to explain away this, you know, whatever lie. lie, Yeah. Yeah. So he said he gave her a short ride and she, in his words, freaked out when he took a wrong turn and got nervous about where he was taking her. 
So he let her out on the side of the road a few blocks away. And I want to talk about this for a second because I always think it's really interesting in situations like this where you're questioning somebody, their story changes, and then they act like, oh, the last time I saw them, they were fine. So he's painting the picture of I let her out on the side of the road, which means any old Joe could have come and abducted her and it wasn't me. Right. He's putting suspicion elsewhere. He's basically saying like, Oh, you know, when when I when I left her, she was good to go, and I had nothing to do with this because some, you know, there's some other weirdo out there probably right. picked her up. But while Brent was detained for questioning, a roommate granted police permission to search their shared residence. Which is funny, like the roommate's like, "Yeah, go ahead, yeah, get after like, it, yeah. <laughs> do what you got to do, right? Fuck this guy, right?" So while police had released him after questioning, he remained their only suspect and the FBI began monitoring his every move. Because at this point, this is the this is the guy who was last seen with her and yeah, even you got to do your due diligence. Even worse, she got into his car and they don't know each other. So, right. he could have taken her anywhere and done anything and the FBI knows that. Exactly. So, on June 29th, 2017, exactly 20 days after Yingying's disappearance, a walk as well as a concert were organized to raise awareness about her case and over 350 people were in attendance, including her family. Still the only suspect, it was a bold move for Brent to join, but he did, and so did his girlfriend, Tara. I don't know if he was trying to make himself look good, like, oh, I didn't do anything and I wanna be a part of this to help look for her and support her, or what? Yeah, but uh, this girlfriend, Tara, was also not alone. Police had approached her to wear a wire in order to coax a confession or more information from her boyfriend. Love so they're, you, Tara. Yeah, amazing. She's like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever you guys need me to do. So Tara agreed to do this in hopes that it would exonerate Brent, but instead it revealed the horror of what Yingying had endured. Tara was able to make nine different wire recordings for the FBI from her conversation with Brent that horrifyingly took place at the march to bring Yingying's kidnapper to justice. When she later testified against him in court, Tara recalled being afraid of him and said that he was drunk, openly drinking during the entire event, even telling Tara to go drink for drink with him, which she said was inappropriate and disgusted her. So this guy's just like getting shit-faced. At a walk for a missing young woman. Yeah, what the hell? So, in addition to the recordings, at one point in the evening, Brent grabbed her phone and typed a chilling confession in her notes app. It was me. She's number 13. She's gone forever. So, here's the problem. Tara said that she was so disturbed that she deleted this note immediately. So I don't know why she did that if she's trying to help the FBI. Maybe, like you said, she was just hoping to exonerate him. She wasn't necessarily trying to catch him because she probably didn't think this was true. As much as he's a piece of shit, this is also still her boyfriend. Right, exactly. So police really were never able to determine if if, if this note was a thing and if there were other victims since, you know, Brett had allegedly hinted at 12 others. So it's assumed that this was just baseless bragging, but it was revealed during the trial later that we're going to go into that he idolized Ted Bundy and had a fascination with bondage and torture. 
And apparently he and Tara herself had explored BDSM, which I'm, I'm sure most of us know what this stands for, but if you don't, it stands for bondage, dominance, sadism, masochism. But let's go back into Bren's confession. So disgustingly, and this part is a bit graphic, but it's what he said. He claimed that he brought Yingying into his room and, quote, just started doing stuff to her, ultimately admitting that he raped, choked, and stabbed Yingying in his own bedroom before dragging her to his bathroom, beating her with a baseball bat, and decapitating her. So if what he's saying is true, this was incredibly gruesome and brutal. Yeah, oh my God, like I can't, uh And well, here's even worse. Tara claims that he spoke excitedly with wide eyes and pride, which is so disgusting because this is this really is so brutal. So the next day on June 30th, 2017, on Brent's 28th birthday, he was arrested for the kidnapping, rape, and murder of Yingying Zhang. His wife, Michelle, was one of only three defense witnesses called to the stand, and she stated that he had long suffered from alcoholism and depression. It was also revealed that Brent had sought help for these issues from the school psychologist, and that in his intake forms, he indicated that he had thoughts about harming others. So that's really disappointing, too, that there was record of him stating that he wanted to harm others, and there really wasn't anything done about that. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I know it's a hard situation because what can you really do if somebody isn't directly threatening a specific person? But uh, ugh, it just it's upsetting. Yeah, it's very upsetting. So by July 12th, 2017, Brent Christensen was indicted on charges of kidnapping with his trial date pending. Less than two years later, on June 24th, 2019, Brent was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. It was an eight-day trial that included the chilling confessions he made so cavalierly about his involvement and the evidence of Yingying's blood on the baseboards in his bedroom, under the carpet of his floor, and on his mattress. So there was all this actual physical evidence that right, a murder yeah. occurred there. Yeah, exactly. So. The weekend everything went down, Michelle had been out of town with another man in Wisconsin Dells, where Brent and Michelle had honeymooned. She claims that he had been jealous and upset, and that this may have been a factor in his actions. And sadly, despite bulletproof evidence, investigators were never able to find Ying Ying's body. Which is so crazy to me, because they know that he killed her, but where is she? I know, and he's confessing, and that's yeah. what's even more frustrating. So Brent claimed that he had divided her into three pieces, wrapped her in duct tape and plastic bags, and disposed of her and her belongings she was wearing at the time in different dumpsters around campus. And it is presumed that they likely ended up at the dump in Vermilion County, Illinois. But because so much time had passed, the dumpsters had long since been emptied, and the trash had shifted and been compacted so much that it would make her remains pretty much impossible to find. Which, like you said, I mean, so they were there, but why would police have known they were there? I mean, I do wonder if they did check campus dumpsters just to be safe because that's where she went to school. You know, maybe that would be an obvious place to check, but obviously they probably didn't or else they would have found her. And this honestly reminds me of the Lauren Giddings case, uh, you know, when the, yeah, yeah. You know, the suspect, Stephen, he was trying to get rid of her body 
and he almost got away with it, but they were able to find a part of her torso in a dumpster. Right, because, I mean, after it's taken to the dump, it's just, the man, that's that's too tough. Right, but the DNA in Brent's uh, apartment doesn't lie. No, so. and uh, no, absolutely not. And even with his confession, it is really matching up with what he said he did, but... The fact that her family can't bury her, it's just so sad. It's very, very sad. So a jury of 12 took less than two hours to deliberate his fate. And Brent appeared unresponsive as they read his sentence. He is currently in jail in Florida, where he will remain for the rest of his life. Yeah, so he was found guilty, sentenced to life, and God, I just, I really do wonder if he did kill other people. Because to write or supposedly write a message and say that she's number 13 and such a weird cryptic message as well, it just makes you wonder if he had done it before. Because if it, if it really wasn't for the security footage, though, I don't think he ever would have been caught. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, he seems like the type of person who would probably brag about people that That's he true, killed. That's true, he, he was. Yeah. He was to his he, girlfriend. He was just a dirtbag in that way. But, you know, it is it is possible that he was responsible for other murders, so they should really look into that. I agree. And we can assume that Brent was probably out there looking for a victim for his horrific interest, since we know he was on that Abduction 101 forum. So he was probably just very interested in finding somebody. And he also likely you know, charmingly coaxed Ying Ying into his car, offering her a ride somewhere, likely able to tell that she needed one. And then once she was in the car, she wasn't able to get out and she was at his mercy. And this is extra devastating knowing that she had literally just missed the bus to see this apartment. She was across the street when it drove away, <sighs> like seconds away yeah. from, from not getting killed by this guy. Also, Brent was around her same age, and he just looks like one of her peers, someone that she would go to school right. with. Right, yeah, that's true. So she probably didn't have too many concerns getting into his car, because she's like, oh, it's just a classmate. Yeah, and especially having just moved to the States, maybe assuming that, you know, this is a safe American town or something. Um, right, You know, yeah. obviously can't blame her at all. She just needed to get to this apartment, and she probably thought that this guy could do it and wasn't going to do something so unthinkable to her. So the aftermath of this case is just so heartbreaking. Yingying's family were never able to bury her, and they'll never know true closure or peace from her case. And of course, visiting students from around the world mourned Yingying and worried about their own safety. The University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana has the largest population of Chinese students in the United States. Wow, I did not know that, but that's extremely interesting. Yeah, I know. And many parents of students visited to comfort their own children after this crime occurred. So it was just very traumatic for everybody affected. You know, this whole school, just knowing that there's this guy that looks like one of their peers who has such horrible intentions. But... This is one beautiful piece of Yingying's story. So there's a documentary about her called Finding Yingying, directed by Jai Yan Shi, who goes by Jenny. And she was in the same graduating class as Yingying at Peking University in Beijing, and was also a journalism student in Illinois at the time of Yingying's disappearance. So Jenny traveled down to Champaign-Urbana from Northwestern University in Evanston, and aided Yingying's family in their search. 
and sometimes acting as a translator, which is amazing. And she recorded the journey to locate their beloved Yingying. So she put together clips of the search amongst interviews with Yingying's friends and family, home movies, and even narrated herself reading pieces from Yingying's journal. The film was actually set to premiere at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas in March of 2020. But of course, due to the pandemic, the event was canceled. Right. But despite missing its premiere, the film still won the special jury prize for best documentary feature. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and that's just really cool that she was able to help out Yingying's family so much. Like, yeah. Because they really needed it. Absolutely. Tragically, Yingying's mother revealed later that she had begged her daughter not to leave for the U.S., but that fiercely independent Yingying was determined to further her education and explore a different country and culture, and had told her mom not to worry. And even after everything happened, Yingying's parents claimed that they would forgive Brent, and Brent claimed that she had never stopped fighting. Yingying wrote this in her diary shortly before her disappearance. Life is too short to be ordinary. so much everybody for listening to this episode of going west yes thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and on friday we'll have an all-new case for you guys to dive into you know i'll never really understand why somebody feels compelled to take another person's life that i just i can't fathom that in my own mind but it's just like leave your fucking hands to yourself like stop <laughs> Stop bothering people. Let people live their lives and leave them the fuck alone. I agree. I completely agree. This case is so devastating. Just knowing that she had just gotten to the U.S., she was just trying to pursue her dreams. I mean, yeah. she had come here for that. And just knowing that her mom didn't want her to go to the U.S. And she and her boyfriend were going to get married in October of 2017. I know, I know. It's just, it's such a sad case. And... So we really appreciate you guys for listening to this one with us today while we could share Yingying's story. Um, We really appreciate you guys just tuning into all of our episodes. It means the world to us. But if you are all caught up on Going West and you do want some more content, I know even though we do two episodes a week, maybe you listen more than that a week and you want more. We have... Oh, is it 63 now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like so many. 63 full-length episodes. They're ad-free on our Patreon. So basically, you can either spend $5. Like, if you spent $5 today, you would get access to about 36 full-length ad-free true crime episodes that we have not covered on Going West. And if you pay 10 you get 63 episodes. That's so many episodes. And counting. We're releasing counting. them every month. Yeah, so, so we're going to have a couple more coming out this month in April that I think you guys are really really going to be interested in. So go check that out. We actually just released another Patreon episode last week on the crossbow killer in Canada. That case is so devastating and just insane. I mean, it's very bizarre. Yeah. Heath made some very hilarious, sassy comments throughout it. You know, I'd be sassy. You know, he'd be sassy. Um, So that episode was just insane. So thank you for everybody that does go over to the Patreon and help support the show. We just love all you guys so much and appreciate your support. So thank you again. All right, guys. So for everybody out there in the world, don't be a stranger.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.